from Australia. This is the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au. Hey, g'day, it's Graham VK4 Baker Baker with the November 14 edition of National News from your VK1 WIA, the Wireless Institute of Australia. Joining us, Peter VK4EA with some updates from the WIA board, Lee VK3GK and the WIA meets with ACMA, Roger VK2ZRH, WIA's Editor-in-Chief of Amateur Radio Magazine, and Trent VK4TS, Manager, WIA's Ross Hull Contest. Plus, lots, lots more news you can trust. News without the editorial spin. G'day, this is Peter, VK4EA, with some updates from the WA board. No doubt everybody is enjoying their new 2x1 call signs. The activity level during the CQWW contest was encouraging. And for those holding back on applying, there are plenty left, so get into it. The AMC website has all the details you need to progress your application. The board wishes to thank all clubs and individuals that helped out at the Jada event during October, held throughout the country. The effort is very much appreciated. I've started an IT systems review for the WIA. I'm looking for volunteers with IT skills to help out with the WIA IT committee. Email me at vk4ea at wia.org.au if you're able to assist. I'm very much looking forward to the Dick Smith interview with Hayden later this month, VK7HH from Ham Radio DX. Dick's upcoming audio biography should be a ripping read. Any photos relating to radio activities are appreciated for our Instagram feed. Check, check the text, text edition for the links. And did you know the WIA has a Twitter account? We do our best to post news and events, and there are regular retweets from our partner organisations, clubs, and individuals. Again, check the text edition for the link. And finally, I hope to make some contacts during the upcoming spring VHF UHF field day. We need to use our higher bands, so please consider giving out some numbers, and most importantly, please put in a log. Cheers for now. This has been Peter VK4EO on behalf of the WIA board. Good morning from Lee Moyle, VK3GK, WIA Vice President. WIA meets with ACMA. During October, the WIA met with the ACMA to discuss several important topics including the new class licensing proposals, how the ARPANSA, Australian Radiation Protection and Nuclear Safety Agency, criteria of EMR compliance will integrate with the potentially new amateur licensing structure, some of the finer points of the 2 by one call signs, and the FYSO, the five-year spectrum outlook, and the effects it will have on the amateur radio community long-term. ACMA welcomed the opportunity to meet with the WIA and accepting that the previous very detailed submissions on amateur licensing arrangements provided the ACMA with significant detail and knowledge to consider. With respect to amateur licensing arrangements, ACMA advised that the submission to the ACMA authority was almost complete and would go forward shortly. The next step once approved is to proceed with a response to submissions and suggested steps going forward. This was most likely to occur January-February 2022 and a busy time for both WIA and ACMA. ACMA advised that the update on changes for the amateur service related to the Arpanza EME standard, ACMA would consist of the intention to lift the current requirements for the apparatus LCD into the new regulatory framework. 
There is no intention to impose any additional burden on the amateurs. WA finds this as an exceptionally positive approach as any changes would entail a large educational requirement and that education in this area would be a necessity anyway. The two-by-one contest call signs have been a great success and ACMA is not considering imposing any further operating conditions. It will be up to the amateur community to come to a consensus that is reflective of the international view of contesting criteria and appropriate use of the two-by-one contesting call signs. ACMA mentioned that they are working on the assignment process for assignment of repeater and beacon apparatus licences. It was acknowledged of the WIA's role in international band plans. Discussions with ACMA and other parties are ongoing, with the WIA developing a framework document for comment as a way of progressing to a suitable arrangement. The outcome and discussions were very robust and the WIA thanked the ACMA for scheduling the WIA into their very busy schedule. A full report will be released shortly on the WIA website. Stop Press. First official use of 2 by one contest call signs. Monday the 1st of October 21, with the CQ Worldwide SSB contest now over, it was great to see so many new contest call signs being used for the first time, along with many new contesters trying out this competitive facet of amateur radio. The responses from the international contest community was varied from what is the rest of your suffix to great to hear VK now has contest call signs. Three of your WA directors, who are also active contesters, have two by one contest call signs. Did you manage to log one of them over the weekend and were unaware? If you participated in the CQ Worldwide contest and used a two by one call sign, please submit your contest log to the CQ Worldwide contest log upload link for collation, https colons forward slash forward slash www.cqworldwide.com forward slash log check. You may even win a prize in a section. The WA would like to hear your thoughts on the use of two by one contest call signs. Please send your comments to national office at wia.org.au and we will collate and present them to our readers and listeners in the near future. That's all from me. 73 is from Lee Moyle, VK3GK, WIA Vice President. This is Editor-in-Chief of Amateur Radio Magazine, Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH. Earlier this week, the files for issue 6 were uploaded to the printer's server. The magazine was delivered to the mailing house at the end of the week. It will be with the retail distributor this coming week for delivery to newsagents. So, the latest edition of Amateur Radio Magazine, the last for 2021, will be with you from this coming week. The good folk at Australia Post will work hard to get it to you, I'm sure. While I have your attention, thank you to those readers who completed our reader survey, which ran through September and closed on the 22nd of October. We have early results. When this issue lands in your hands, you will find them on page 17. Well, what else is in store for readers in issue 6? The theme for this issue is antennas and propagation. We have articles on both home and portable antennas. Phil White, VK2ASD, explores the performance of his half-square wire antenna for 40 metres. While Ben Broadbent, VK5 Baker Baker, reveals how to build a steady eddy portable squid pole mount for easy single-person deployment. Propagation-wise, Simon Rumble, VK2VSR, gives us the skinny on monitoring space weather online, while our VHF-UHF columnist, 
David mentioned, VK5 Kilo Kilo, reveals some fascinating details on microwave propagation via evaporative ducting, along with recent investigations into aircraft scatter. Likewise, our meteor scatter columnist, Dr Kevin Johnson, VK4 Uncle Henry, fleshes out the mechanics of meteor scatter propagation and the ways and means of successfully exploiting it. Here's one area where smaller is better. That refers to antenna systems. For the constructors amongst you, Lou Stefano, VK3AQZ, continues his HF antenna tuner project, which was held over from issue 5. And further, the indefatigable Jim Tregellis, VK5JST, presents a digital readout VSWR and RF power meter project that covers all amateur bands from 160 to 6 metres and powers up to 250 watts PEP. Coincidentally, the series on Unravelling the Mysteries of Connecting Radios to Antennas by Dr Brian Clark, VK2GCE, continues apace. Once more, Newcomer's Notebook appears, this time covering the whys and wherefores of the Wheatstone Bridge, a circuit widely used to measure all sorts of things, as Jules Perrin, VK3JFP, explains. And this issue, we reveal the theme for the first issue next year. It's contesting. This has been AR Magazine Editor-in-Chief Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH for VK1WIA News. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1WIA. Now, international news with Jason, VK2LAW. Hello. Leading international news this week from Region 1 comes news of a grant. Health Martello Radio Group is very grateful to the IRTS for the grant of €800 from the Promoting Amateur Radio Fund, PAR. This will go a long way to enable the group to upgrade Echo India Zero Mike Alpha Romeo. The Martello QTH is in such an exposed coastal location that antennas take a battering from the weather, especially during winter months. Over the last several years, a commercial cobweb and an HF vertical antenna have been totally destroyed by the weather and a new HF antenna is now on the shopping list. The shape of things to come. The November meeting of the Southeastern Amateur Radio Group in Ireland will be held on the 29th of November at 8pm sharp, but the venue will only allow access to those who are fully vaccinated and produce their EU digital COVID certificate and valid photographic ID. In QRM news, a case of interference in the primary amateur radio 40 metre band by an AM broadcast station in Tashkent was speedily dealt with. There was an AM broadcast on 7160 kHz on the 22nd of October between 1800 and 1815 UTC. Due to the transmission power of the radio station and the breadth of the commercial A3E signal, there was considerable impairment of radio traffic in the 7155 to 7165 kHz range in large parts of Europe and the Middle East. Germany's Bandwatch contacted the company responsible, Media Broadcast, to investigate the cause. Media Broadcast said the mistake was made by a contracted relay station in Tashkent. The exact cause is still being investigated. The provider there had actually been commissioned by Media Broadcast to broadcast on 6040 kHz in the 49 metre shortwave radio band. 
we were assured that this was a one-off incident and apologised for the inconvenience. Disaster Airlift Response Team install New Ham Radio. The St Helena Star reports new amateur radio equipment has been installed by the Angwin Disaster Airlift Response Team, DART. The newspaper says the non-profit Angwin DART Disaster Airlift Response Team, a coalition of more than 20 volunteer pilots based at Angwin Parrot Airfield, has upgraded its radio system to allow for statewide communication during emergencies. The new 50-watt dual-band mobile ham radio base station links the Angwin Airport to each of California's other DART-operated airports. If internet and cell phone systems go down during a serious disaster, ham radios could be the only way to communicate disaster relief needs, said Mariel Coito-Britton, Kilo November 6, Delta Juliet Kilo, director of the Angwin DART. DART's mission is to fly goods or people in or out of devastated areas when ground transportation cannot do the job. For example, when roads are blocked by flooding, fire or earthquake damage. Going, going, sold. The New Zealand communications company Jackson & Wills, founded in 1947 by radio amateurs Douglas Jackson, Zulu Lima 4 Golf Mike, and Morris Wills, Zulu Lima 4 Golf Yankee, has been sold. The Southland Times newspaper reports an electronic business formed 74 years ago, which helped Southlanders keep up with the advancement of radios, phones and televisions, has a new owner. Jackson and Wills was opened by Douglas Jackson and Morris Wills in Invercargill in 1947, specialising in radio and electronics. Douglas and Morris were brought together by a shared enthusiasm for amateur radio following World War II. In 1956, Morris was reportedly the first person in New Zealand to view overseas international television during the Melbourne Olympics using frequencies announced by Australian television authorities. Two years later, he was believed to have built one of the first complete television sets in New Zealand. Jackson and Wills had most recently been run by Morris's son Lindsay, who had worked at the business for the past 34 years. The biggest change in his 34 years in the business has been the transition from analogue to digital technology, which had opened up a whole new field for radio and telephones, Lindsay said. The business has been sold to Ashley Communications. For VK1WIA National News, in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Now, operational news with Felix, VK4FUQ. Hello there. Ham Radio Operational News. It's a contact sport. Spring BHF UHF Field Days, November 27-28. CQ Worldwide CW Contest, November 27-28. Peel AR Group's 80-minute slow moves corroboree on Sunday morning, December the 4th. Times will be 2300 hours Zulu on December the 3rd until 0200 hours Zulu on December the 4th. That is 10 hours to 1300 hours Australian Eastern Daylight Time on December the 4th. Next week, Mark Bosma, VK6QI, will give us more info. December 4 and 5, 160 m worldwide. December 11 12, 10 meters worldwide. 2022. January, the entire month every year, is the WIA Rosshole VHF UHF Marathon Contest. Here's that contest of renown, Trent Sampson, VK4TS. Greetings, contest fans and VHF UHF enthusiasts in general. 
Well, here we are halfway through November, and that can only mean two things. The spring VHF UHF field day is on at the end of the month, and the Ross Hull contest is not that far away. The Ross Hull contest has always been promoted as a worldwide contest, and this year we have progressed that with multiple language translations of the contest rules, and the addition of the term marathon to underline what the contest is about. In terms of marathons, you do not have to work the entire month of January, but just the best seven days. Anyone can join in on the VHF and above bands, so keep an ear out and have fun in the running of the 2022 Ross Hull Marathon. This has been Trent, VK4TS. DX Window, Crozy Island, the Expedition News. Because news such as this over the years, the 25 plus years we've been handling WIA national news, has a knack of going belly up. This may be the last you'll hear of it, but... The Northern California DX Foundation is granting some 20,000 USDs to Theory Mazel, EPSEC-CUK, for the Crozy Island Expedition planned for December 2022 through March 2023. Crozy Island is number three on Club Log's most wanted DX list worldwide and number two in North America. The expeditions to rare entities like Crozy Island that are so remote are becoming more expensive and logistically more challenging, a trend that we believe will continue. Hopefully this experienced expedition operator can exploit this rare opportunity to access Crozy Island, put out an effective signal on all bands, and log all of the needy over the course of his extended stay. Ken, LA7GIA, the noted expeditioner, is operating from Bangoy in the Central African Republic as TL7M, until tomorrow, the 15th of November. He will be operating on all bands and all modes. According to the QRZ page for TL7M, he will also make the first activation of 60 metres in the Central African Republic under a special permit. Indian Special Event For the 16th year, look for Special Event Station AU2JCB to be active between November the 19th and December the 15th on 86 metres SSB. Operations are to celebrate the 163rd anniversary of the birth, November 30, of Chandnagish Chandnabos, India's great scientist and inventor, who they consider to be the father of wireless communication. Happy and Holy Christmas. Special Dutch call signs for December January. On the occasion of Christmas, Raymond was yarned and Ramona will activate three special call signs PA21XMAS, PD21Santa and PD22HNY. The three stations will be active from Wednesday, December 1st to January 31, 2022, both on the more local, to them, 70cm and 2m bands, and HF4DX is using SSB, FT4, FT8 and SSB. Radio amateurs who work at least two of the three Christmas stations are eligible for a certificate. OF9X, Old Father 9 Christmas. This finished station has excited many little radio operators and their families for many years from the land of Christmas. OF9X in December. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ in From Australia. This is the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. Available on RF and on demand 24-7 from the wia.org.au website. 
Media Watch and a 160-metre frequency change for this WIA National News. Note that the 160-metre rebroadcast by Graham VK7GS from Mount Rowland in northwest VK7 is changing frequency down slightly to 1.862 MHz. This to avoid AM broadcast station intermods. Dick Smith, VK2DIK, has lived an adventurous and extraordinary life. He's a proud Australian, businessman, adventurer, entrepreneur, and he single-handedly changed electronics and the amateur radio and CB scene in Australia. Hayden, VK7HH, joins us now with news of a great interview coming your way. Dick has recently released his autobiography titled Dick Smith, My Adventurous Life, and on Friday, November the 19th, at 8pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time, we're privileged to sit down live with Dick on the Ham Radio DX YouTube channel. We'll be speaking to him about his adventuring stories, including the first solo helicopter flight around the world, his business ventures and his early days and interest in radio. Many of you listeners would have fond memories of walking into a Dick Smith Electronics to get the latest component for that project you were building a fun way kit, or maybe just to drool over that new rig. Yes, this is the chance for all hams and electronic enthusiasts around Australia to say thanks to the legend that is Dick Smith. This is 73s from Hayden, VK7HH, for Ham Radio DX. Who listens to radio? That go where you go medium called radio. Hi, this is Dick Smith, VK2DIK, and good morning to all the listeners of the VK1WIA broadcast. I wish you all the very best and look forward to maybe talking to you on the air. For the WIA National News Broadcast, this is Dick Smith, VK2DIK. Now, special interest group news with Cole, VK3GTV. Hello, and first up, it's Final Frontier. ARIS initiatives received $1.3 million grant from ARDC. Education is one of the biggest engines driving the program known as Amateur Radio on the International Space Station, or ARIS. Now ARIS will have even more resources to educate youngsters interested in science, technology, engineering, arts and mathematics, as well as the teachers who help them make that connection. A five-year grant worth nearly $1.3 million has been awarded to ARIS USA from Amateur Radio Digital Communications. Some of the funds will help ARIS develop a wireless electronics technology kit, enabling middle and high school students to learn more about amateur radio. The grant will also help pay for educator workshops so teachers can help students learn more from their use of the wireless kit. Finally, the grant will provide funding for contacts planned between students and astronauts during the five-year period of the grant. Frank Bauer, KA3HDO, Executive Director of ARIS USA, called the grant a game-changer, adding that it represents a key element of the ARIS 2.0 vision. Although having little, if any, pre-publication, an Australian school recently held an ARIS contact. Among the questions, and these are really good ones, do you think electromagnetic rockets would benefit space travel and how far off are we from launching them? What is the most interesting thing that you've seen or experienced in space? As experts on space exploration, do you think space exploration is a good idea? And do you think space tourism is a good idea? Does food taste different in space? And can you describe the difference? What was it like when you saw Earth from space for the first time? 
Yes, some great questions there. Worldwide Special Interest Group's IOTA, AN017, Various Adelie Land Group. David F4FKT has arrived on Antarctica and plans to operate from various locations during his spare time. FT4YM, Base Duant de Ville, Petrels Island, Antarctica. FT4YM Portable, Base Concordia, Antarctica. FT4YM Portable, Base Little Dome Sea, Antarctica. FT4YM Portable, Base Cape Prudhomme, Antarctica. QRV mostly on 40 and 20 metres SSB. He stays until the beginning of March 2022 and QSL via F5 PFP. Worldwide Special Interest Group, Maritime. Pearl Harbor Day Memorial Special Event. With operating authorization from the Navy's Third Fleet Spectrum Manager, the Battleship Iowa Amateur Radio Association, IARA Incorporated, and the Iowa's Innovation and Engineering Team will activate the ship's legacy Navy callsign, NEPM, December 7, in memory of Pearl Harbor Day. Operation will be between 1600 and 2359 UTC. NEPM will transmit on 14781.5 kHz using J3E upper sideband and listen on 14343 kHz J3E upper sideband. Amateurs are reminded that they may not transmit on 14781.5 kHz. If there's traffic on 143.3 kHz, the NEPM operator will advise of an alternate frequency where he's listening. QSLs will be available if an SASE is provided. SEPM, NI6BB or NE6PM are all listed on qrz.com and any route will get your request to the QSL manager. Visit Bayara's website at bayara.org for more information about radio operations aboard the battleship Iowa, soon to be the home of the National Museum of the Surface Navy. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Digital. Barrick presents M17. Hi, I'm Graham, VK3GRK in Bendigo, presenting M17, a new digital mode. Bendigo Amateur Radio Electronics Club invites you to our November meeting, where Barrick member Tony Langdon, VK3IRL, will provide an interesting presentation and live demonstration of the new digital mode M17. M17 is a new amateur radio VHF UHF digital voice and data mode under active development. M17 is 100% open source and developed by amateurs. Tony will cover the origins of M17, some of the key features and how club members can get on M17 today. Bendigo is now one of the few places in the world and probably the only place in VK with M17 infrastructure. The presentation commences at 7.30pm Friday, November 19th at Barrack Headquarters, Bendigo East Hall, 35 Lancel Street. The presentation will also be streamed on the Barrack YouTube channel. Thanks, Graham. See you there. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Medical Canadian Special Event. Look for Special Event Station VX3 Insulin from Ontario to be active between December 1st and 31st. Activity is to mark the 100th anniversary of a Canadian team at the University of Toronto's discovery of insulin in the summer of 1921. Operations will be primarily digital, with FT8 and FT4 the dominant modes of use. QSL via VE3NOO. To Belgium now, and special event station OT5IDPD is QRV until December 3rd, 
to commemorate International Day of Persons with Disabilities that takes place on December 3rd. Activity is on the HF bands and you can QSL via ON6WL. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Yota, Youngsters on the Air, Yota Month 2021. Felix made mention of this a little earlier, so do listen out for the RSGB-arranged call sign GB21YOTA. They've set this call for allocation to youngsters to operate throughout December. Three C's across the sea. Three sixth-grade students, Carter, KF0FYO, Carrie, KF0FYS, and Cora, KF0FYR, all whose names start with the letter C, along with their teacher, Ravi Davis, KF0FYL, whose name obviously doesn't start with C, received their ham radio licences this past summer. Ravi said their first out-of-country contact was with a group of middle school students from County Kent in England, and added they hoped to establish a regular pen pal relationship between their STEM students and our STEAM students to share and collaborate in ongoing global challenges and investigations throughout the year truly connecting ourselves to the rest of the world. Sounds like a plan to me. I'll catch you next time. Till then, stay safe. I'm Cole, VK3GTV. Wrapping up this WIA National News for week commencing November 14. Social Scene, Gold Coast Amateur Radio Society Hamfest. It happens Sunday the 21st of November. It happens at the Country Paradise Parklands, 231 Bow Desert Narang Road at Narang. The Gold Coast Hamfest. 2021, Sunday the 21st. Till next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4, Baker Baker, walk softly. From Australia, this has been the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au.